All right. Welcome to another episode of Mental Health Mondays, where we talk to guests who are professionals in the mental health space or advocates for mental health or those that live with or experience a mental health challenge. And as a reminder, if you are watching this on YouTube, make sure you mash down that subscribe button and share away if you think that this information is valuable for anyone. And if you're on LinkedIn or Facebook, uh, most likely you're following, but if you're not, make sure that you follow the BCC Evolution page. And I am very excited to bring on my special guest, Leela, today. And without further ado, I'll just bring her on. Welcome, Leela. Thank you so much for joining me. Oh, oh, I muted you. That's why. There we go. Okay, now I can hear you. <laughs> Hello again. So good yes. to see you. So good to see you. So good to be here. Thank you. Yeah, of course. Thank you for joining me. And I would love for you to just share a little bit about yourself with the audience. Yeah, my name is Leela Veronica, and I am a transformational coach and speaker. And I am the CEO of Riverstone Movement School. And my intention is to help women and couples in particular. And I work with some men, but most of the people are women and couples that come to me who want to master the physical component of the mind. And so I have a big, um, uh, I, I am an advocate of mental health. I would say I did not know mental health was such a problem because it wasn't really talked about for years. And then learning more and more about mental health over the years, um, I'm. it's very clear to me at this point in time Mental health is a huge topic that people really are aware of and need tools and ideas and people and support and all of that, because I think it's just that it's like the time for mental health to shift, it feels like. And so I have my own particular ways to do that. We all do. But the way that I do it is through... Um, the physical form, and I can share more about why my story, but um, that's what I do is I help people with the physical component of the mental health. Amazing. Yeah. And I know that you do have a story or background really centered around that too, if you'd like to share. Yeah, I would love to. I, I want to say, you know, before coming on to your show, I wanted to really think about what would be valuable? And I just want to share from my story because there's all sorts of ways to share, but I want to talk to anybody out there who has had people say to you a lot, like, wow, you have it all together. Wow, you're doing so much. Oh, you're so lucky. You're so privileged. I could go on and on and on. Wow, you have such a smile on your face all the time. You must have a great life wow, you seem so happy, right? All of, all of that stuff from the outside looking in where people were projecting what they see, right? As this person who has it all together. But inside you feel like it's a house of cards about to fall apart at any moment. So that's really the kind of people I thought I could talk to today because we've all been there at some point or maybe somebody's there right now. And so I've been... Um, I've had a very strong mind. We're all born with different, you know, 
strengths. I, I had a strong mind for uh, academics, did well in school. Um, and I spent a lot of my time learning, studying in academics. I spent 12 years in higher ed and I found love through accomplishments. I grew up without much love and with abuse and I went to school, did well and got love. I got praise. So I went basically on a journey of my life of trying to be as smart as I could with the depths of me I know now, I didn't know then, seeking love, seeking affirmation that I'm worth something in the world. And what happened was about um, halfway through my PhD process, I was writing and I was do, working on my qualifying exams for your PhD, become more like a colleague when you take these exams. And I started hallucinating. I was like seeing things on the walls in my pants and, and it was temporary. It didn't last long, but I, I thought I'm going to lose brain cell, brain cells as I'm getting smarter. And so uh, it was about a year and a half later where I then experienced adrenal burnout from basically thinking too much, just spending so much time in my mind and my thinking. And, and I want to say, I remember this moment of standing there just in the middle of a room in my home thinking, I'm smart enough. I work hard enough. Why can't I figure this life thing out? I was extremely unhappy in, an, in a very bad relationship, marriage that I was shortly thereafter I left. And I just realized that all the thinking and all the learning and all the mental stuff that it was going on was actually causing a lot of unhappiness. And I was actually harming myself physically too. Super high blood pressure. I was like adrenaline, run, I was run by adrenaline. And so I just want to say to anybody who else, who's out there who's a high achiever and knows this game of going too too much in the head, there's a way out, right? And so the reason I teach what I teach now is I found that most people have great ideas, but they think too much. So it's hard to like bring ideas into action or they're overdoing it and doing too much action and they can't handle it all. And so I've learned the powers of presence of um, slowing down the mind to be open, to go faster in life. I've learned actually how to not trigger adrenaline and cortisol and all the nasty chemicals that cause all the problems in the body from the mind. So I really, um, I'm like, I'm an academic, an intellect, a researcher, scientist type who has learned how to bridge my heart my feeling state into my mind, bring it all together. And I'm a powerhouse, right? I have a great business. I have great relationships. I'm fit. I'm healthier than I was a decade ago for sure. Um, and so I've, I've coached a lot of business owners, for example, on how to grow businesses because I've done it. And what I found was it was the thinking getting in the way of the success. It wasn't the strategy. It's the person. And so I created a uh, mindful movement system based upon all my trainings. And I could go on and on about all the physical stuff I've done over the years too. 
but I created something for busy women because women, time is the number one stressor for them. There's science around it. Time is the number one stressor for women. And consistency is the most difficult part of taking care of the body. So I've created these super short 10 minute series of movements. People literally learn how to walk, sit, stand, move through space. 10 minutes can make a huge difference for the mind. So there's meditation out there and people will often ask me, do you meditate? And I say, I do. Uh, I intend to all day long, actually. And so the way that I meditate is actually more through movement, meditative movement. If you ask any, anybody who's worked with me, they'll know. They're like, oh, yeah, my mind is clearer when I'm doing her body stuff than I'm trying to sit and meditate. Because sometimes we sit and meditate and the, the mind is so strong, it just goes like a hamster wheel and it, it almost like drives you crazy. And so sitting meditation is not easy for everybody, especially if your mind is pretty fast, pretty strong and pretty patterned. So movement meditation, how to get in the body, the pinky toes, the pinky fingers, your, you know, your scalp, even um, you can even like feel your hair sometimes, you know, learning how to do that. Your mind is like, boom, gone uh, in terms of the thinking, but instead the feeling of your whole self. So I know I've said a lot, but what I, the gist of it is I found that the mind is in the whole body. It's not just in the thoughts. And so trusting to get into this body and I teach people how really trusting to, to do that as a practice and as a lifestyle is something I've experienced and I've helped people experience and they, they have more success in life and happiness and joy um, when they're in their body and not always thinking. There, that, there is a lot to that. And a couple of things that I picked up on uh, first is how we can get in such a cycle, especially as women, uh, thinking too much and then time. Definitely. It's like, do I have time for myself? Do I have time for my family? Do I have time to do this or that? And uh, so sometimes the pressures can get overwhelming. And then knowing that you experienced hallucinations at one point because you got into that loop, um, which is something that I didn't know about either. And so just knowing that overthinking, well, I think really mental health challenges in general can manifest things in our body that we don't realize. And so having that experience, but also being able to shift that into something that is really positive and amazing to be able to slow down, to be able to speed up like that. Mm. It just, I mean, sounds really amazing and how you have brought it all together into a package specifically for the overthinkers. Like I often do <laughs> at times too. So, <laughs> well, I'll tell you that hallucination time that was about 2010. So that was a long time. You know, it's been years <laughs> of learning, of practicing, of teaching, and then creating something that's accessible is really what I'm all about because I'm like, how can I actually make a difference if nobody has time to do what I'm going to teach them? I got to make it short, right? And I'll I'll tell you something else. This is a huge tool. I want you to, um, I want you to know about. And I want everybody to hear that so that you have your power back, because the mind, the thinking. Like I said, I'm a I'm a fast thinker and I have a strong mind. There's nobody that's ever known me since I was little that would say anything different. 
And so I get it, the mental health thing. I get it. It might not be fun up there in that noggin. Like I've been there. I still can get there. Now here's the, here's one of the like super duper awesome tricks though, that you bring the body into it. So just like children, when they need to grow their mind, they need to move their body, right? We know that we, they need the physical stuff to grow the mind, right? If they're not moving around, the mind will get a little um, more dull and child, right? So that's a lot of part, like our physiology has a lot to do with our, our uh, mental pathways and the neuro pathways that we can reform can happen through mind and then the body movement stuff, right? That's why Tony Robbins and these big, you know, leaders will talk about getting in a resourceful state and moving the body, jumping up and down and dancing and fun. And, you know, that part of it is actually to help change the mind without us having to think our way through it. So I want to share something around the adrenaline, cortisol, stress response cycle, and men and women, the differences. So, uh, cause we mentioned women and, and I just want to give you this as like a, a tool, but also like to be gentle on yourself and understand your biology understand your physiology so that you can understand your emotions and your mind. When women trigger adrenaline and then cortisol and all the nasty chemicals um, versus men, men, to, to all those chemicals that get into the body, it takes about up to nine hours to dissipate. And in women, it takes up to 24 hours to dissipate. So the quintessential story of like man, woman, get an argument, man over it, woman not, it's biology. It's a fight or flight response to keep, you know, they need to get out of it faster so they can go defend us from the tiger. And, you know, it takes our body longer. So if you're in that adrenaline cycle, which there's a way out, there is a way out. You don't have to do, there's a 10 second window between when we're triggered and those chemicals enter the body, there is a way out. We don't have to release them in the body, but if your body releases it, be nice to yourself. You might be in adrenaline every day. You may have been in your in adrenaline every day since you were like a baby almost. Because if you've been any sort of stress, I grew up in an abusive home. I was scared to death of my mother every single day. Every day I was scared of her. What was she going to do next? So some days were fine, some days were not, but I was always scared. So uh, that can translate into your adulthood. You be, kind of become addicted to it. You don't even know it. And so if you're in that cycle, be nice to yourself and know there's a way out and know that the woman's body takes more time to repair than the man. So just because the man's over, it doesn't mean you have to be. And if you are not over it and he is, it's biology. Let him be. <laughs> that, that's something also to remember. So I hope that's helpful because if we understand ourselves from a scientific standpoint, we can really take control of, the, of our mind and our body. I think, I mean, that is important to know that it's like the, you get in a fight and then he's like, I'm fine. And you're like, I'm not done. <laughs> yeah. So um, thinking that, thinking of it in that scientific way, I think at least for me, that's something that I'm like, oh, now it really makes sense why it takes so much longer for the emotions. But I also like how you pointed out that even like if you were a baby, right? Like some of these cycles or patterns can start even before you're born, they could be generational potentially. And so you're constantly mm -hmm. in that until you're ready to kind of break that cycle. And it could be like your simple movements 
um, or learning more about those? Learning. Yeah, there's a 10 second window between the time you're triggered, the body releases the chemicals. There's things you can do in that 10 second window. A lot of it's gross motor movement. There's more to it. But what I would say is I was in that cycle for the first 38 years of my life plus 38 plus until I learned how to get out of it. I, I was in it the, my entire life. I would, I, there's, I, I can't think of, I'm going to say this and this is not like for, I can't guarantee anything for anybody else, but I've seen it over and over with the people who learn this. It's like heaven or hell. It's like hell is between the ears we've heard. Right. And heaven, if you're not in that, like, icky stuff in, in the, in the, you know, in the mind and nothing feels bad in the body. You're not in stress. It's, it's almost like uncomfortably happy at first until you learn and you're like, Whoa. And then the other things is like horrible, but it's so much peace and so much floatiness and so much, you know, I can talk about manifestation and attraction and energy. People always say to me, I love your energy. They don't say, I love your anything. It's like, I love your energy. Well, that's because if I'm not in stress, I'm clean energy and it's nice. It's just nice to be around. It just feels good. And they want that too. And so, you know, I want anybody to know that struggles with mental health. Like I, I understand it's valid and there are ways out and every, you know, everybody has their own path of ways out, but there are ways out of all those challenges. And, and I would say, and I'm going to say this one thing as just a, an understanding of humanity as a student of history. Life is meant to be a struggle and life is meant to be a celebration. It's both. It's dark and light. It's positive and negative. And so a lot of it's like, can we get to a place where even the kind of negative stuff, like the car breaks down, the, the, you know, death, divorce, right. Taxes, right. Whatever. <laughs> uh, all the things we don't really enjoy as much. Um, could we see them from a place of non-judgment of as being a human? So like when you're not agreeing with somebody, don't let it get you down so much. See it as like, mm, there's some really bright days or some really rainy days, you know, like that's a, that is a little bit more of a big picture existential, you know, philosophy to live by. But if you can see everything at all times in equal amounts, you're more likely to live in a judgment-free space, which is present and more joyful usually. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I know, um, I know you briefly talked about it, but growing up in like the abusive home and I know your mom, she struggled with or lived with a mental health challenge herself also. And so is that, um, what is the question that's popping into my head? Um, do you feel like once you started learning or really creating these processes, was that really helpful in your healing and guiding your journey into where you are now? Yes. I'll share, I'll share with you. I think people will resonate. You know, if you've been with any sort of other person, whether it be your family or, or somebody else who's been abusive, I've heard, you know, I know I've worked with clients who've had abusive bosses, for example, like pretty bad um, in a different country, but still pretty bad, you know? And so um, two things, one, I was about 25 years old before I let go of a fear that I would be like her. 
So for those of us who've grown up in the age of uh, everything's genetic and passed down and all that kind of stuff, science shows that's not true. Epigenetics shows that we actually have a lot more influence over our DNA than, than, than we used to think. And so uh, that's one thing. And also behavior is a choice. And so we can see it. And historically, some people change, some people don't. But I had a fear until I was about 25 that I might be like her. I was scared. So the way I showed up in life was constantly trying to strive to prove myself because I was scared that I would be like her. <laughs> so recognizing that was, was nice. I was like, hmm, I'm not going to be like that. There's no way. You know, I'm not like that. Okay. Then the next piece was this particularly happened when I went through my divorce. I was still angry at her. I still blamed her for problems in my life. I actually blamed her for a moment in my divorce saying, if you would have showed me better relationships, I wouldn't have ended up in this situation. Right. And then I'll actually show you this book. I learned I was doing all sorts of, you know, I, I did therapy and coaching and all sorts of stuff and have really spent the, the time and energy learning more. But what I would say is that was a mental health problem of mine. If I'm blaming her for my life at the age of 35 years old, that's my problem. I realized I thought I'm the only one in common with all my problems. Right. And then there's this book that I uh, received as a gift. And it's, it's, um, oh, we can't kind of see it a little bit. It's called Little Soul of the uh, the Little Soul and the Sun. Mm. The Little Soul and the Sun. It's by Neil Donald Walsh. And basically what it talks about is these two, two you know, souls that come together and we say, hey, we're going to go down here together. I'm sorry, but I'm going to hurt you. And it's going to help you. And you're going to learn lessons. And the, the, the person like asked, will you please come down with me? I need you to hurt me so that I can learn some lessons. And it's like, oh, I don't want to hurt you. Please do this. I need this for my soul to grow. Right. You know, something like that. I'm paraphrasing. What I recognized after that whole experience of really like in this moment, blaming her for things. And I I felt it. I was like, whoa. I realized I wouldn't be the woman that I am if I didn't have the contrast of that. I may not even know how to strive for something if I didn't come from something lower, right? And I also have a tendency to attract people who have challenging stories and they feel very safe to share with me. And they feel very like in a space of non-judgment when I give them ideas about how to deal because I've been through it myself. So <laughs> the childhood stuff is really the essence of a lot of our problems in life. It's the reason that I went through you know, relationship challenges. It's the reason I went through all sorts of challenges. Um, but at the same time, it's what's made me the kind of person who can help people so much. Mm. And so I've been really able to come to a peaceful place in about the last decade about just understanding our role together on a soul level. Um, the strength that I've been able to experience through the process of pain. Right. And um to still make choices on a regular basis to be in a, a non-judgment place. And I would say for people who are out there with family members in particular, like you want a different kind of relationship with a person. Like I wanted her to be a mother. I wanted a mother-daughter relationship. I had a therapist once say to me, it's time to mother yourself. 
And I would say it's time to, if you had never had a mother or father, it's time to mother yourself and it's time to father yourself. If you're looking for it, it's not happening. It's time to do it for yourself. And what happens is when you do it for yourself, all of a sudden, all these people start to come around you. So I have like all these women who are 20 plus years older than me who tell me all sorts of stuff. I never knew about menopause until all my older friends started telling me about it, right? What to expect and how to make it awesome and not horrible. And so I'm actually been able to attract more mothering energy than ever through letting go of my pain around my own birth mother. It's been fascinating. That's really, I mean, thank you for sharing your story. And I think it is important. The key pieces that I get out of that is one, it doesn't necessarily have to be generational. Um, it also, there's this heat, this hope aspect to it all is that just because you may have come from a specific background or family or there was trauma when you were younger, there's always a way to potentially change that. And through however you let it go, like you have to kind of move through it and then be able to release it. And there's always hope on the other side of being able to shift our, our energies and not become that person because that's not what defined you. And so I think, I mean, thank you for sharing your experience. And I think that's really important for people to hear is that once you let go of what's happened to you or happening to you and you move through it, then you start to really build and attract the energies that you need the most, which I think is really incredible. Yeah. And I'll give, I love what you said about letting go and I would just let everybody know if I were to look back, you know, uh, 30 years and tell my younger self something, I would say, don't try to do it alone. Like get at least one person on your side who's a mentor, like uh, a friend, a colleague, um, your biggest cheerleader, somebody who can give you some tools and some, even if you're like doing the work on your own in your bedroom journaling with some books, but like to do it all on your own, to let go of everything that's happened to you in the past all by yourself is not easy. I would say try to get a community. It, it, it looks different for everybody, whether it be one person or a group of people, um, but don't try to do it alone. That would be my biggest advice because uh, it's, it's, it's very difficult to, to find forgiveness and let things go without some sort of support. Yeah. 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 And that's definitely something that I talk about too, is that, I mean, it could be literally just one person and you could potentially be that one person for somebody else too, that could absolutely change the whole direction of where their life is going. And so, yeah, it could be that one person. Um, yeah. I would love to, um, are there any types of like, I know you just gave us some great information as far as like the scientific aspects, um, also like men versus women. And then, I mean, your background in, I mean, coming from a traumatic childhood into the space of now healing and helping people in general with movement and body and energy, which um, I'm very much, I love dancing and 
moving. And sometimes I have to remind myself, get out of your chair and <laughs> move around because right. oftentimes I just sit for too long. Uh, so I think that's really important. But are there any specific um, tips or tricks that you would want to give to the audience just centered around whatever they may be going through? Absolutely. So I'll give you uh, two things. I'll give you a little bit of a foundation of what I do and then some tips to take forward is um, your body is showing your mental health. So if you've got low back issues, for example, there's some safety, security, money challenges. If you've got some shoulder tension up top here, like me, I've got this kind of shoulder tension I'll carry if I'm not careful. It's, I feel like the weight of the world is on my shoulders. Like I got to help the world, right? Like I, it's a little bit of a God complex. I realized to let go of it. I'm letting go. <laughs> so every single one of your fingers, every single one of your toes, your knees, the way that your, your uh, hair is, your bangs, which way they go, everything is showing what's going on with the mental health. It's a reflection of the mind. And so what's cool about what I teach, and I'll show you some things right right now, I'll tell you some things, is that a lot of people are trying to do mindset work and it may not be fully working. And what I would offer is um, if you're trying to fix the problem from the place it started, it doesn't always work. So what I do is I go through the body. I, I, I give people an assessment. I look at your body and then I see what's going on with uh, the pieces and parts. I have seven parts of the body I look at, super simple. And you're either doing one thing or you're doing the opposite thing. It's super simple. You're either straightening your knees or you're bending your knees, something like that, right? So number one, assessing the look, the shape of your body, your posture, not from an aesthetic standpoint as if I'm am I sexy or something like that, but it's like, what is my body saying? What is my body saying that my mind is saying? And whatever it's saying, that's how people see you. They may not fully consciously understand that, but they're seeing your mental health on your body. And so I can show you a few things. So I'll give you a couple ideas. Um, uh, one of the things people tend to do is they tuck their tail too much. So you're sitting on your butt. Instead of sitting on your butt, sit on your legs, your hamstrings, your thighs, get your butt back. Uh, another thing is uh, they tuck their tail when they walk, they walk on their heels, tuck their tail, tuck their tail when they stand, they stand with straight legs like at the grocery store or on one leg only and the tail's tucked. So I could go on a whole bunch of parts of the body, but let's talk about the tail. Think about an animal. What happens, what's going on when an animal's scared? Tail is tucked. So if you're tucking your tail, even if you're trying to be like all oh, positive poly, if you're tucking your tail, you're taking yourself down like into a fear place. You're putting your body into a fear position. So if your mind is going a little bit scaredy cat about what's going to happen next or what's happened before or any of that stuff, maybe if you could open your body, the mind will settle down. And that's what I do. So uh, I would tell everybody now, if you can't wag your tail, uh, you're not open. You're losing energy. You're draining yourself. You know, if you have to sit meditation and calm yourself down, you'll tuck your tail and uh, tuck your chin and, you know, calm your nervous system, you know, from a quiet, still place. But I'm talking about being awake all day. If you're, if you're awake and you're tight in your body, there's opportunity to change. And here's what's cool. The issues are in the tissues. You start working your body and opening parts of your body and getting it more balanced and harmony, your mind starts to change. 
have a client right now who's been with me for a while and she is really loving it. She's 60 years old and she's loving how her family is reacting to her. They listen to her more. They're just finding more value in her because she's showing up different and not so tight and rigid. She's like moving and grooving and flowing and more people want to hear what she has to say in her family and all sorts of places. But that was really special. You know, when you have been around people like her brother, right? Her brother's been around her whole life and all of a sudden her brother wants to hear what she has to say is interested in her. But she's changing the way she, her body is. So she's changing the way her mind is and the way she shows up in the world. So that's what I would say, friends. Learn how to not tuck your tail. I have all sorts of trainings and things I can teach you. But that would be one super simple tip for today. Yeah, that's, I mean, I, as I'm sitting here, right, I'm like, I was kind of bending over a little bit and then I sat how you said, like on your legs and it does, it makes it like the energy. You can just feel the difference in the energy of how your body is sitting. So simple, simple as changing your posture or not tucking your tail. I love that analogy. And so, yeah, that's an amazing quick little tip also. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, I got all sorts of them, but I'll give you one more just to give you everybody, everybody who's in a modern day society, their head's too far forward. And so head needs to get back. The ears roll back a little bit, you know, the eyes soften, the open the throat, but the head forward is hurting a lot of people. So the, if you think about what does a person look like when they're depressed, head forward and down. So if your head is forward and down and you are feeling down and out, what if you change your body to feeling more open like a winner? And maybe, just maybe, right? It'll change your depressed state to an excited state. That is what I want for people. And it's like, if for anybody who's feeling down, the hardest thing is to get up, right? I honor that. And there's a tool for you. That's all, if you want it. I love that. My favorite pose is the like my, yep, superhero pose. I Every single time I do that, it's like magically another person is activated. And so I love my, I love my superwoman pose. <laughs> that's my favorite. Well, that, so Amy Cuddy did that TED talk. It's the second most watched TED talk on, uh, uh TED talk, you know, out there. It's, a, I love it. And what I do is I teach people how to use that in movement through life. So what happens is people do that power stance and then they still go in the car on their cell phone, sitting in the chair when they're moving through space and they're, 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 they don't have the power. So I take that static power stance and keep it all day long if possible. That's what I'm talking about here is like, let's all day long work our mind by keeping our body open. It's a lot for some people. It was a lot for me when I first started. When I first started this, I, I cried every single day for six months because I was hurting so bad and I had to get all that out of me. But once I did, you've seen me, you've met me. I'm pretty light and bouncy and, you know, vibrant. Yeah. <laughs> So, so yeah, I, I love that too. I want to say, if you're thinking about that power stance, can you keep that power as you walk, sit, stand, move everywhere? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yes, I know. I mean, I've just, I've been able to experience your transformation also over the past couple of years. And it's just been amazing the things that you have also been able 
to or accomplishing moving through and just how much like you said light and bouncy and the energy that you have it really truly I am one of those people that I love whenever we get in the same room I like hanging out and around you so <laughs> yeah you're quite playful as well which is what I think a lot of people want more of it you know and want to be lighter and have more fun in life yeah exactly um so if somebody does want to work with you how do they yeah. find you two ways i would say um uh if you want to check out my my membership for my movement school it's riverstonemovement.com the idea is you get to flow you get into your body you get to flow more right river stone the stones let the water flow over them you know and so that's one way. If you want to uh, have a body assessment, I do a short body assessment for you where I can see you on camera. We take a peek at your body posture and I give you some alignment cues to walk, sit, stand, move through space differently. That's body with Leela, L-I-L-A, bodywithleela.com. And you'll love it. And I will tell you, it's it's almost like every single person that's a modern day person has the same posture challenges. So it'll be cool for you to come on and see, I show you, I take some screenshots. You can see your own posture. I tell you what to do differently. You can see the changes, bodyflula.com. And um, uh, I'm here for you, you know? And if you uh, if you do like to be social media friends, you can find me, Leela Veronica, on all social media platforms. And I love social media friends too. Awesome. Well, yeah. thank you so much for being my guest today. I really appreciate it. <laughs> Bless you. <laughs> Yes, I am so glad that you were able to come on and hopefully everybody can take some of these tips away. And again, here is Leela's website or you can go to the body with Leela. But thank you so much. I appreciate you. Thank you. I appreciate you. Yeah. All right, y'all. That was another amazing episode of Mental Health Mondays where we talk to guests who are either professionals in the mental health space those that are mental health advocates or live with or experience a mental health challenge. And as a reminder, if you are on uh, YouTube, make sure you mash down that subscribe button. If you're watching on LinkedIn or Facebook, make sure you follow us if you're not already. You probably are if you're watching this. But um, either way, and as a reminder, this podcast show is now available on seven different uh, streaming platforms. So if you are somebody who likes to listen versus watch, you can go check those out on Spotify, Apple, Google, iHeartRadio, so many great places. So, um, and as a reminder, BCC Evolution is a mental health and suicide awareness nonprofit. So go sign up today to be a warrior for mental health and you'll get one of these cool t-shirts with only a $20 donation or more. And the last thing I want to tell you about is tomorrow I am hosting a workshop called Re-Engage Resilience. And so if you are somebody who is struggling or you are just in the space that you're like, I'm not taking care of myself, I really need to do that again and re-engage being resilient so that you can move through, as we were talking today, uh, move through the challenges that you face and really bring back to self. Uh, that is tomorrow. So you can just go to the BCC Evolution 
www.thepowerofthenow.org website. Uh, go to our events and sign up there. And if you can't join us live, it's at 12.22 p.m. tomorrow. If you can't join us live, as long as you're signed up and registered, you will get the recording. And one last thing. Uh, I am hosting a circles. We now have a support group for those that are really looking for a space for emotional support through grief and loss. And it's after this. So at 1230 Mountain Standard Time, if you go to the Circles app, um, also can be found on our website. You can join us if you need just a little bit extra support or a way to continue the conversation. And those are every single Monday and it's free to join. So um, that's a way that we're giving back to the community and really supporting people and continuing this conversation. So hopefully one way or another, you can join us. And whether it's tomorrow in the Reengage Reengage Resilience Workshop, or right after this in our It's Circles, um, and our room is never alone through grief and loss. So I hope this was really helpful. Feel free to share this episode um, and join us back next Monday at 11 a.m. for another Mental Health Mondays episode. <laughs> Bye, y'all.